Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Ryan Guger. Joining me today is our valued guest, Brian Geiger. Brian, how are you doing this morning? Hi, Ryan. I'm doing just fine. Thank you for asking. Fantastic. Brian, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you'll be talking about today on the show. So I'm an undergraduate student at The Ohio State University going for my Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering and also a minor in Nuclear Engineering. Today I want to talk a little bit about nuclear power, the cultural and historical context in which it was developed, and its role and perception in society today. Wow, that sounds really interesting. I don't mean to be rude, but I'm sure our audience at home is wondering the same thing that I am right now. Why do we care about nuclear energy in the first place? Well, it's actually very important, and its implementation affects all of us. Um, In the 21st century, and even towards the end of the 20th century, uh, we were discovering that human activity was having a major impact on our climate. Um, As a result, we need to, in some way, mitigate those effects. Um, The best way to do that is to take our energy grid and basically decarbonize it, move away from fossil fuels. Um, One way to do that is to go to renewables. Another is nuclear. Both are fairly low carbon. Uh, The numbers I'm about to give you are from the IPCC. Natural gas produces 490 grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour. Solar produces 48 grams. And wind and nuclear both produce around 12 grams. This means that nuclear power is a low carbon source, right? So if we're looking to decarbonize, then we need to choose between alternative sources, which means nuclear and renewables. I want to approach the rest of this podcast from that perspective, right? That fossil fuels are off the table, and now we need to find some mix or decide between nuclear and renewables. Now, hold on for a second. Isn't nuclear power dangerous? There's plenty of examples in history of times when it was catastrophic. What about Chernobyl? What about Three Mile Island? Fukushima? What about nuclear waste, nuclear proliferation, nuclear testing? Those are some really interesting points you bring up, and I'd like to kind of mention that I feel like there is a climate of non-truth surrounding this issue. There's a lot of misinformation circulating. Um, As a matter of fact, nuclear energy is one of the least dangerous forms of energy generation. Um, The video, Is Nuclear Energy a Solution? by Our Changing Climate, has a really good graphic which kind of breaks this down. Uh, Nuclear energy has 90 deaths per trillion kilowatt hours, uh, which is lower than that even of solar and wind and hydroelectric. Uh, But compared to fossil fuels, it really blows it out of the park. Fossil fuels have 140,000 deaths per trillion kilowatt hours. That's pretty enormous. On on top of that, living a mile away from a nuclear power plant exposes you to less radiation than being a mile away from a coal-fired plant, for instance. Again, this is kind of counterintuitive, and that's why I believe it makes this misinformation so pertinent. As a matter of fact, according to World Nuclear News, 70% of respondents in a survey think that nuclear is implicit in causing climate change, when in fact, as we discussed earlier, it emits probably the least amount of CO2 per unit energy of any energy source. So I want to break down those examples you gave in a little bit further detail, um, starting with Chernobyl. So Chernobyl resulted as... um, A consequence of some system testing, which protocol was not followed in. Um, There was a major design deficiency in the reactor design itself, and there was operator error present. Uh, I'm not going to get into the technical details too much, but essentially there was a positive feedback loop inherent in the design that allowed for an uncontrollable increase of power, um, followed by an explosion, and then release of radioactive material into the environment, the atmosphere. Uh, A three-mile island, that was a loss of coolant accident. Um, Again, another design deficiency. Uh, There was equipment failure and, of course, operator error, which is a pretty common thread throughout these incidents. Uh, Fukushima, um, 
there was actually poor active emergency systems. Um, so those diesel generators that were supposed to continue to um, basically get rid of waste heat after fission had stopped uh, failed to work because they were flooded. And now let's talk a little bit about the nuclear waste issue. Right now in the United States, we have about 70,000 tons of high-level radioactive waste as a result of both our nuclear testing and our nuclear power production. Um, there's actually been a pretty good solution that's been offered up for this called Yucca Mountain. Essentially, that would entail taking all of that nuclear waste and moving it from short-term storage, which is all we have right now, to long-term long -term storage by burying it deep underground where it would not be able to be disturbed by natural disasters or anything like that. This has actually been determined to be a pretty great solution. It's been thoroughly analyzed. It will work. However, it's been kind of lost to politics, you know. Those in Nevada don't think it's fair that they have this nuclear waste repository when they produce very little nuclear power in general. But again, that's kind of a result of misinformation. They ought to know that that's actually not as dangerous as they might think. And there's things that pose much greater dangers. Um, also with nuclear waste, we can reduce the amount of nuclear waste by reprocessing fuel. This essentially means extracting useful components from that high level radioactive waste. However, this does carry the risk of proliferation, meaning that we can basically separate out plutonium from that and it's very easily weaponized. However, we can kind of reduce that risk in particular by using smarter fuels and adapting policy to make sure that we don't have proliferation. At any rate, in my view, if a country wants nuclear weapons, there's little that can be done to stop it. So I don't really think this is a strong argument against nuclear. Okay, so nuclear power isn't without its flaws, but neither is renewable energy. What's a better question for us to ask? I think a better question with regards to nuclear power is, is nuclear energy too dangerous to pursue? Do its benefits outweigh its inherent risks? And I think those two figures that I cited um, really speak for themselves. Uh, the fact that nuclear only produces 12 grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour, according to the IPCC, and that it only causes 90 deaths per trillion kilowatt hours, according to the YouTube video, Is Nuclear Energy Solution Our Changing Climate? Um, the technology itself isn't prone to failure, but when it fails, it fails big. This results in the public perceiving it as dangerous because these events tend to stick out. Uh, one source I looked up actually analyzed attitudes in South Korea and found that many of the negative press surrounding it included buzzwords such as you know nuclear waste, proliferation, um, explosion accident, Chernobyl, Fukushima, those sorts of things. However, nuclear does have a lot of big pros over alternative energy for sources. It makes it a prime contender to replace fossil fuels. Some of these pros include its capacity, um, its energy density, and its relatively low cost per unit energy produced. However, nuclear is still cost prohibitive. The plants themselves are incredibly expensive projects that usually have a lot of budget overruns and um, scheduling overruns. This is a problem that will need to be tackled if we want to include nuclear in our future. Luckily, future generations of reactors, for the most part, address some. So, nuclear energy is the future? When we solve some of its more pressing issues with technological advancements, we'll have no need for renewables such as wind, solar, and hydroelectric, right? After all, renewables have some real concerning issues involved in their use. It's really interesting that you should say that. 
I think many people seem to take this position of one or the other. You know, we can have an energy grid that's entirely supplied by nuclear energy or entirely supplied by renewables. Um, and I kind of want to make a comparison here to C.P. Snow's Two Cultures. Um, he was referring more to uh, literary intellectuals and scientific intellectuals. But here I feel like there's almost a two cultures within the environmentalist movement. Uh, those that think that we have to go entirely with nuclear and those who think we go entirely with renewable. And I'm kind of here to say that it doesn't need to be that way. In fact, a better solution is hybrid energy. The reason for that being nuclear power picks up a lot of slack that renewables can't possibly provide yet. Um, I mean, with renewables, the wind doesn't always blow, the sun doesn't always shine, the water doesn't always flow, what have you, whatever. Not only that, they take up an enormous amount of space. And as we have a blooming human population, we're increasingly going to move towards urbanization. And therefore, that density is going to come very helpful. Given that the evidence seems to support a hybrid energy grid, why do you think it is that people seem to advocate so strongly for one or the other approach to the issue? I think complexity, politicization, the lobbying that accompanies that, that all plays a role. More interestingly, though, I think each technology, renewables versus nuclear, seems to align with a world perspective. Uh, Landon Winter talks about technologies as technics, you know, as having characteristics into themselves. Um, and here I'd like to kind of expand on that and say that renewables kind of represents a democratic technique, you know. Um, when you're looking at it, it, it allows people to produce their own energy. Say if you're putting solar panels on your roof, you know, it gives that individual more and more power. And in general, people kind of see renewables as coexisting with the planet. You know, Earth is, Mother Nature is providing us energy that we are harvesting in a non-invasive way. Nuclear, on the other hand, almost exploits nature. We're, we're hacking the very building blocks of matter in order to provide for our own needs. And for this reason, it's more of an author authoritarian technique, you know? I mean, just the massive upfront cost and the safety issues and the regulations that require, by its very nature, will necessitate a governmental body that's able to look over this and it will forever be something that I guess the rich had the most access to. Um, and here, I think it's really actually interesting to kind of look back on our cultural perception of this and take a look at The Simpsons, you know? Uh, I mean, think about Mr. Burns owning the power plant, this, this rich, white, snobby dude who has all the power because he has the money to buy a nuclear power plant. What do you see as a solution to this divide then? How do we set aside feelings and emotions for the prosperity of future human civilizations? The truth is, I don't know. There's no surefire solution. But I think a very good starting point is education. This is an important issue to become educated about. Without employing some type of hybrid solution, our decarbonization efforts will be very slow, and ultimately the global population will suffer, especially those segments who have less access to educational resources. And so here I'd kind of like to make a plea for action. It's really, really important that we come together and begin to look at solutions and try not to overly emotionalize them. Um, and, and I do kind of want to point out here that in just researching this topic, uh, my opinion has changed. Originally, I was very, very strongly for nuclear energy, you know? I was thinking, let's, let's get to it now, you know? We have to decarbonize in the next 20, 30 years. This is a technology that's available right now, and I'm going into nuclear engineering. I certainly have this bias. 
But as I research more into it, I realize that there is a lot of deficiencies with nuclear energy, even while it has a lot of benefits. And so I think we need to take this smart approach about it and understand that this is a complex issue and it's not going to have a simple solution. And that ultimately, if we want to be solution-oriented, which we need to in order to avoid the more catastrophic events of climate change, then we kind of need to put aside those feelings. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. I think I speak for everyone when I say you've given us a lot to ponder. Thanks again, and goodbye, everyone.